Severian Dramatics presents Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, a podcast play. Episode 4, Yet to Come. The phantom slowly, gravely, silently approached. When it came near him, Scrooge bent down upon his knee. From the very air through which this spirit moved, it seemed to scatter gloom and mystery. Are you the ghost of Christmas yet to come? The spirit was shrouded in a deep black garment, which concealed its head, its face, its form, and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand. It was difficult to detach its figure from the night, and separate it from the darkness by which it was surrounded. I say, are you the spirit who can show me the future? The spirit answered not, but pointed onward with its hand. You are about to show me the shadows of things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so, spirit? Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear you company and to do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? It gave him no reply. The hand was pointed straight before them. Lead on. The night is waning fast, and it is precious time to me. I know. Lead on, spirit. The phantom moved away as it had come towards him. Scrooge followed in the shadow of its dress, which bore him up, he thought, and carried him along. They scarcely seemed to enter the city, for the city rather seemed to spring up about them and encompass them of its own act. The spirit stopped beside one little knot of businessmen. Observing that the hand was pointed to them, Scrooge advanced to listen to their talk. I don't know much about it. Either way, I only know he's dead. When did he die? Last night, I believe. Why? What's the matter with him? I thought he'd never die. God knows. What has he done with his money? I haven't heard. Left it to his company, perhaps. He hasn't left it to me. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's likely to be a very cheap funeral, for upon my life, I don't know of anybody to go to it. Suppose we make up a party and volunteer? I don't mind going if a lunch is provided. <laughs> <laughs> no one will be at the service. No one will wait by his grave. No one will notice a thing. Thank goodness it rained last night. The, the ground will be nice and soft. We'll meet at midnight. The men departed, and dread seized Scrooge's heart. Grave robbers, they're off to defile some poor soul. Please, Spectre, tell me, whose grave are they after? Very well. Where to next, kind soul? The ghost lifted its jagged finger to point down a nearby street. Scrooge moved in the direction and took interest in a nearby house with a thatched roof. He and the ghost spied on its inhabitants. A nervous husband sat his wife down at their table. She prepared herself for the worst. Is it good or bad? Bad. We are quite ruined? No. There is hope yet, Caroline. If he relents, there is. Nothing is past hope if such a miracle has happened. He's past relenting. He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, dear Lord. Please forgive me. I should not laugh, but I'm thankful to hear it. Caroline. No, it's deserving. He cared not for a single soul. To whom will our debt be transferred? I don't know. But before that time, well, we shall be ready with the money. And even though we were not, it would be a bad fortune indeed to find so merciless a creator in his successor. We may sleep tonight with light hearts. Yes, why shouldn't they celebrate the demise of someone else's greediness? Please, kind vision, tell me whose end are they toasting? Where next? The ghost waved its hand. Scrooge found himself in poor Bob Cratchit's house. Bob and his missus sat by a small fire. They were so still. In fact, the entire house was still. Now one detail was similar to their typical Christmas day. Little Belinda entered full of sniffles. I looked, Mother. I looked. Oh, Belinda, come here. I know you told me not to, but I looked. Looked where, my dear? I looked toward his bed, and there was no one there. Oh, sweet Belinda, please don't cry. I, I missed him. Peter and Martha appeared, filled with the same family grief. I missed him too. I, I know, sweet girl. I miss him too. He was our best friend. But we have to remember, little Belinda, that you will always have our Tim with us. He never leaves your side. As the Cratchits held tight and shared a cry, Scrooge covered his mouth in shock. No, not Tim, not Tim. Spirit, I asked the one before you. It said there was still time. It said Tim could still be spared. S send me back, Spirit, send me back. It's not too late yet. What time is it? The ghost left for another direction. Where are you taking me, Spectre? Where are you taking me? Scrooge had to sprint to keep up with the Spectre. As they made their way, Scrooge noticed that dawn had begun. There must be more time. Give me more time. They arrived at the cemetery. Scrooge noticed the grave robbers from earlier slink out and into the dark alleys nearby. Scrooge timidly followed the spirit. What do you want to show me? Scrooge continued to ask the spirit questions, and the spirit continued to deny him answers. It stopped before a small grave. Its black cloak shielded the name. Move, spirit, please. Show me the future. Get on with it. The spirit moved, and Scrooge was met with fate. The tombstone, pitiful in size and display, read, Here lies Timothy Cratchit, beloved son. Scrooge turned to Puddles. All right, spirit. You've won. I've learned there's nothing I can do, nothing at all. I'm doomed. Scrooge looked up. The spirit was no longer nearby. Scrooge looked around and eventually found it loitering atop the tallest hill in the yard. Scrooge marched towards it and found an unearthed grave. What's this? You have more? Well, no more spirits. I've had my fill. Send me home. Scrooge looked around. The scene was a mess. He neared the headstone and read, Here lies 
Ebenezer Scrooge. Spirit, hear me. I am not the man that I was. I will not be the man I must have been. Good spirit, your nature intercedes for me and pities me. I assure you that I yet may change these shadows you have shown me by an altered life. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirit of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me that I may sponge away the writing on this stone. Scrooge looked down into the grave. He saw his forgotten, discarded body stripped of everything he once saw as valuable. Oh, heavens! The spirit placed its hands on Scrooge, lifted him straight into the air, and hurled him into the grave. Scrooge found himself face to face with his own decaying face. Please! You can't do this! Scrooge looked up to find the spirit with a shovel. He hurled cannonballs of dirt and mud on the old man. Please! I want another chance! Give me another chance! Scrooge was covered in blankets, made of actual blanket. In fact, he was safe and sound in his own bed. Scrooge was dumbfounded. I'm home? Scrooge checked his person and found that everything seemed to be quite all right. He raced to the bedroom window, threw open the shutters, and looked all around. It was, in fact, a crisp December morning, and there was fresh snow on the ground. People moved through London as if something horrible had not happened at all last night. It's all fine? It's all merry? Old Scrooge was filled with a youthful glee. He had been spared, or so it seemed. He needed evidence. He looked around and found a small boy carrying the news and called for attention. You boy. Boy, look up to me. Yes, sir. Yes, boy. Tell me, what day is it? What day is it, sir? Yes, what day is it? Are you Daffy? Why, it's Christmas morning, sir. <laughs> Christmas morning? I did it! There's time! Boy, meet me at my door. I'm giving you my coin purse, and you're going to go down to the market and fetch me all that I need to make a proper Christmas feast. If you do well, there will be a fat and shiny reward for you and for you alone. Right away, sir. Scrooge did just that, and the boy fled to the market. Scrooge returned to the bedroom and put on his finest suit, one that he hadn't worn in more than seven years. He shined his shoes, wrapped a lush scarf around his neck, and prepared for Christmas. Before Scrooge stepped outside, he made a vow. This Christmas would be the first of a new tradition. A Christmas Carol is made possible thanks to the support of the Zavarian administration. President Robert Alisi, Principal Deacon Kevin McCormack, and the endless time and talents of our students and their families. On behalf of everyone involved, we'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we'll see you next episode.